This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. Revving up the weekends with news and views on all things motoring. OMG WTF. It's like so... Four o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, which means it is time for nothing other than Fender Bender. Good afternoon, my name is Daniel Gardner. Thank you so much to the fabulous people on Critical Hits. We've got plenty more good lifestyle programming coming for you this afternoon. But before that, we have got an hour of motoring madness. Tim Nicholson at large. It's me at the helm again this week. You have to put up with the accent. And it's not just one accent in the studio you're going to have to put up with. It's three, because I'm classing the Australian accent of Mike Costello as an accent. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? You know, I could really put on a super ochre accent. Accent. Oh, what have you done with Mike? Mm. But I really, I was really hoping you'd continue that kind of abbreviation thing you started with. You know, the using the web. Oh, just do the whole show I mean, like that. It would have made me LMFAO if you had to keep going. <laughs> okay. I was wondering how long I could keep it going. But oh, all right. It's a bit well, disappointing. You're though. younger than me, so you're well versed in those sort of things. I've just, I was masquerading as someone. Us kids with our lingo, you know how it is. Exactly. Mm. The other person who we have in the studio, Mike, is. I'm very pleased to welcome back our US correspondent Amanda Palacios. And I wouldn't normally use the surname, but it's just such a good one. I had to. Hi. Hello. Thank you. For thanks. That. Thanks for being back. How have you been? Um, I was better until you started talking in the text slang, and then I was d- like, "Oh my god, right. is my dad here? No, what it's is not happening." I was just a one. I was inspired momentarily. <laughs> it was spontaneous. I don't know. It's not going to happen again. Don't worry. <laughs> If you want to tell me to stop speaking like a child, then you can. Please do get in touch. It's very easy. You can text us at 0427JOY949 or you can email on air at joy.org.au. We're going to be talking all things cars. But before we go on, this, I'm going to do... I'm reversing back to my breakfast show days. and I'm going to talk about something a bit off to- topic. Um, did you guys see in the week Banksy, the famous uh, graffiti artist, has opened his own theme park in the UK? Seriously? Pretty, de- pretty depressing. It's fantastic. <laughs> What's it called? Dismaland. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Dismaland and he calls it a bemusement park. Isn't that so <laughs> prototypically so prototypically British it's to brilliant. be just depressing about well, we're going to take a fun concept and we're going to make it grimy and grim and grey and miserable Totally, Ugh. and the reason I think it's fun—it's brilliant. It's so good. It's it's extraordinary. I would love to go. And it's actually this is why I'm mentioning it. It's in my home county. That's actually you kidding? No, and it's based in this old. Uh, it's in a town called Western Supermare. It's based in this old. A theme park which was like a water park next to the beach mm-hmm. and the sad thing is I used to go there as a kid I remember going there when I was really little and spending the whole day swimming around and now it's this awful dark like <laughs> like moody weird theme park it was really depressing anyway lots anyway. of <laughs> lovely things happening here I saw a uh, I saw a Camaro a bumblebee Camaro on oh, the way here so man, nice. and I thought of you but it wasn't any ordinary one it was a stretched one what? Yeah, oh, I've turn- seen that one. Have you? Really? Yeah. yeah, it had like scissor doors, and it was yeah, long, <gasps> ridiculous. You know, I have a, you know, I have an affinity for scissor doors. I think they're so cool. Totally, the scissor doors and muscle cars. It was a combination of your two favorite things. Exactly. Anyway, enough small talk, guys. We've got plenty of stuff to be getting on with. Uh, we're going to go straight away to a little bit of news. Don't forget to fasten your seatbelt. You are listening to Fender Bender on Joy ninety four point nine. That voice in the computer is quite right on two counts. You should fasten your seatbelt, and you are listening to Fender Bender. On Join 94.9. In the news this week, let's keep it local to start with. Tesla, that wonderful electric car manufacturer who are taking the world by storm and have proved that electric cars can work, are going another step and they're rolling out their infrastructure in Australia and they've actually beaten, we have beaten New York. We have now 18 uh, new fast charge points going in between Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. 
And it's this is great news. This means that people who own a Tesla can then charge them in more places, and they're also installing them along the way between the major capitals. So you'll be able to drive your electric uh, Tesla from uh, Sydney to Melbourne, and you won't you won't be able to run out of battery. I think that thing you did not mention is that Tesla's not only making um, electric cars that are worth driving, but they're also very attractive looking because they there are several you know eco friendly green cars like when the Prius first came out. And the Prius was the most depressing car I've ever seen. I freaking <laughs> hated it. It was awful. But you see the Tesla and you're like, oh, okay. Well, it's got door handles that, what, don't they come out? When yeah. You, oh, that is the coolest. Yes. Come on. Like, who wouldn't want that? They are very cool. They're There's, really cool. But you make a good point. You know, is that <clears throat> manufacturers have taken two different approaches on this. Some are trying to make their electric cars or hybrids look just like all other cars so people don't feel sort of weirded out by them. Others are doing exactly the opposite, like Tesla and BMW with the i8 and the i3. And they're trying to make them look completely different. And I don't know which one's working best. Tesla, uh, for me, t- certainly, if I've spent that extra premium on a car that's electric and you know, a little bit more sustainable, I'd like people to know about it. So I like, oh, yeah. like it when they make them look People different. want to be seen to be green. I could talk about Tesla all day, but I think the one thing that really stands out for me about this move is... You know, Tesla has really um, given the bird to a lot of established car makers in Australia because for years and years and years we've been hearing about brands mostly from Europe that have electric cars overseas. They won't bring them to Australia because they whinge and complain that there's no government help, there's no subsidisation, no, they're not getting a helping hand basically. And Tesla, a relative minnow, a couple of years ago wasn't even an entity, comes in, puts its money where its mouth is, builds a bloody network of charges up the east coast of Australia. Not that that's really necessary, but they've really put, you know, they've laid down the gauntlet. I mean, what's the excuse for BMW and Audi for not doing the same thing now? Exactly. With all their massive tons of cash that they've got in comparison to little old Tesla. Absolutely. And they're not doing it. So, you know, stop complaining the government isn't helping you and just get on with it. Totally. So good on Tesla. Question. Didn't Tesla release all their patents recently? Yeah, they did. And so that, I think that that was, it says a lot about the company itself. Um, There is a bit of a sort of side ambition to that because if if more companies start making proper electric cars tesla's market grows because the whole pie gets bigger so it's kind of altruistic on one degree but there's probably something a little nefarious to it as well oh of course i mean you're not going to give away everything for nothing you expect something in return but the fact that they did give away their patents says something to the fact that they want people to be able to drive more efficient more I don't know, world changing cars, but it also helps them get more, you know, ideas on how to be cleaner, better, greener, I don't know, engines and new ideas for how to, I don't know, I think the whole thing is a great idea. Releasing their patents was a was a nice touch. Absolutely right. And it gives everyone else the right to go for it and say, and yeah, another, in, in, un, in, what am I trying to say? I'm still trying to think what altruistic <laughs> and uh, nefarious means, actually. <laughs> no, uh, I, I can't even get my own words right. And I'm still trying to learn what mics mean. Um, <laughs> moving on, moving on. <laughs> We, uh, we're staying in Australia for the next bit. Um, there was this week a, an organisation, sorry, a, a conference called the Australian Automotive Industry National Summit in Canberra. It's a big deal. Uh, there were some big speakers there, including Joe Hockey, our very own treasurer. And he was talking about the end of Australian car manufacturing and was saying, he was actually being very optimistic about it. Um, he thinks that after manufacturing ends, there is a future for uh, the both automotive and general manufacturing industries in Australia. And he said, we're shifting away from the Australia of yesterday because because we must. That's the challenge of time, the price of technology. It's happened before and it'll happen again. So he was saying, look, guys, you know, well, programs like this, Fender Bender, and, and all others are saying doom and gloom. You know, it's two thousand, thousands of jobs are going to go when Ford, Holden and Toyota all stop making cars here. But he was highlighting the good that can come from it and was saying that we have to diversify. 
Mm, was he smoking a big Cuban stogie while he was saying it? <laughs> I would be much more of a fan of him if he was. That's how he rolls. Um, you know, it's very easy to talk in that way, isn't it? And say, things are going to be great. You know, we didn't support the industry and now it's going to die. But don't worry, stuff's going to happen. We're going to have alternatives. There'll be jobs. Don't really know what jobs there'll be, but there'll be jobs. You know, it's, it's very easy to talk the talk, but... So far, there's not a lot of walking. He kind of, it. he kind of has. He doesn't have a, what choice does he have? He can't say, "Oh, actually, guys, it's all looking pretty bad and glum from my angle." Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, we're screwed. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the the the, the real uh, attention should be given to the car makers themselves because they're all doing really big programs at the moment. So all their workers that are going to get laid off, they're, they're currently retraining them. They're putting them through school. They're putting them through training courses. So it's really the companies that are doing the most good here and actually trying. I mean, a lot of the time they're ordered to do that by the government. <laughs> but, you know, there are things happening. Um, but I don't think we're at the point yet where it's all going to be rosy. No, give it time. <laughs> Before the break, we were talking local news, and now we're talking international news. But before that, I want to read out a lovely message we've got from a dear listener. Uh, the good Linz, who is a regular texter at uh, Joy and also Fendermender. We've got millions of fans, but we only select the most important ones. Linz says, <laughs> OMG, see, someone else uses that, oh, Amanda. No. Please don't stop talking. I love both your accents, boys. Hang on, boys. There's another, there's a third lovely accent. It turns me on, apparently. I'm sure you're lovely too, but I've always loved Dan's accent. Always love listening to your show. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm also putting a shout out there for Amanda's beautiful accent. Yeah. What the hell, lady? Yeah. Man, whoever you are. Okay, yeah. Okay. Well, we Not have, a fan. We I have, have a great voice according to... No the one. US, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we are going to move to, uh, speaking of the US, we're going to move overseas now. We're talking a little bit about a company known as Bugatti. Now, these guys have been building the most ridiculous cars uh, right back uh, from the 30s, I believe, Bugatti were, maybe even before that. Anyway, this isn't a history lesson. We're talking about today and the now. Um, they have revealed a bit, not a whole car, just a bit of one. Uh, and the reason they've done this is because uh, there's a computer game called Gran Turismo, which if you have any interest in cars, then you will have played it at some point. Uh, I am one of those people. And what Gran Turismo is doing is they've put forward uh, an option for manufacturers to launch a concept within the realms of their game. A pixelated, unreal, quite literally unreal concept. And many of the manufacturers out there have taken, uh, taken the invitation and got on board with it. Bugatti is the latest one. But they haven't revealed the whole thing. It's just a part of it. Now, a lot of the media are saying that it's just a single vent of the car. Uh, something called a NACAR vent, um, which is those funny sort of almost triangular shaped vents you see in like Ferrari F4s. You had it, some planes have it. Um, actually, I looked at the image, and I realised that when Bugatti sent this image through, it was 64, 46 megabytes. It's a huge image. And I thought, why have they sent such a big image? So I zoomed in, and you can see on it, there's actually a fuel filler cap, and there's what appear to be um, some little aerials coming off the front of it for telemetry, and it appears that this is a much larger part. And what we might be seeing is a glimpse of the future Bugatti. Now, people have said previously it's going to be called something called the Chiron or the Chiron, uh, and uh, this could be a part of that forthcoming car. It's been in testing. We've seen it uh, under very heavy disguises in other parts of the world, but this might be the first glimpse of the successor to the Bugatti, the mighty Bugatti Veyron, which currently holds the world's fastest production cars speed record. 
It's a pretty amazing bit of kit, the Veyron, and this thing's going to have to be good to top it. It's really interesting, like, the with the Veyron, Volkswagen lost money hand over fist doing that car, but they realised that it was such a good image builder to be making the world's best, fastest, coolest car. And I'm wondering whether this is going to be a continuation of that. You can't really go backwards, can you? You have to go forwards. You have to be more powerful, faster, better in every way. And how the hell are they going to do that? How well, do you top the Veyron? Well, yeah, going faster than, what is it, 413 kilometres an hour? That's what they've got to beat. They've got to beat it's themselves. Like 235, yeah. No, 241 miles an hour. 41, yeah. What's a mile per hour? <laughs> what is that? Um, the thing about miles is that they're much better than kilometers because <laughs> I don't understand kilometers. Kilometers are 1.6 <laughs> times better, I'll have you know. Uh, oh, mm. I love the national tension <laughs> Now, Amanda, I'm sure you've got something else to say about land speed records because... <clears throat> There's a certain US company that contests that the Bugatti Veyron Supersport has the record currently, don't, don't they? Yeah, well, the Hennessy uh, Venom GT is saying that they are faster or they're going for the speed limit or speed record, etc. Um, I think it's also cheaper than... Yeah, all right. It's Come on. 1.25 mil, which is still a pretty penny to drop on a car. It's not, a, it's not a, an American car. It's a British car. Wait. Don't even use that against me because I was the one who told you that. All and right. it's only the chassis. She's got goes. you there. No, it starts as a Lotus. So, and then, the, all right, the chassis, they're, well, they're kind of half built in England. Then they go to America and they put a ridiculously massive supercharged engine in it, or sorry, turbocharged, and then they say, oh, this is an American car. Well, it's made in Texas. Of course they're going to say that. Ah, excellent. Yeah, anything, you're from Texas, aren't you? Well, yeah, I lived there. And so technically now I'm from Texas. Right. <laughs> That's how it so works. So all great things come from Texas. Apparently. It's kind of a Franken car then. Is that what you're saying? It's well, it got kind of reminds me. It, it looks like um, a Lotus and a Pagani had a baby, mm. which Aww. is not a bad look. It still has That's that really nice funny little like bug kind of thing yeah. going on, but it's a bug I wouldn't squash. So <laughs> points for that, I think. <laughs> okay, well we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that. I think that the Bugatti Veyron, which is kind of a French, Italian, German car. Mm-hmm. We'll hold the record for now. You know, I'm going to just uh, put this out there that Hennessy and um, Bugatti should send us one of each car yes. so that we can race them. Well, we. In the past. <laughs> Okay. And we need to make sure, okay, and then we have to, you know, compare all the inside and the outside, if the doors flip up, you know, da, da, da. we have to make sure that the car is truly, one is better than the other, and how else would we know that? Bugatti and Hennessy, if you're listening, of course they do every week. Um, could we please have the press car as soon as is possible? Yes, it's important. Mark, you've driven a Veyron, haven't you? Uh, yeah, and it's crazy, but you know what's even crazier and faster and better, which I drove recently? Yes. I kind of spoke about it briefly last week, but the Tesla P85D, we just talked about Tesla. Oh, yeah. We're talking about supercars with insane acceleration. Uh, the electric car, because all its torque comes from zero RPM. In other words, you don't have to rev it to get anything out of it, yeah. is insane. As you get faster, the mid-range isn't as strong, and the surge that you feel in a, mm. in a conventional supercar isn't there. But off the line, it physically hurts when you put your foot down in the Tesla. Wow. It physically hurts. You're, you get this stomach-churning sensation. Your head gets rolled backwards. You, you put a phone on the seat, and the centrifugal force keeps it stuck to the chair straight off the line. It's so incredible. So wow. we're talking about these exotic supercars, but there is a four-door electric car that, for me, is even more entertaining out there. You're listening so to Fender Bender, the Tesla edition this 
Yeah, and I know it sounds like a total fanboy, but I actually am at this point. After driving that car, it just completely changed the way I see cars. I haven't driven the P85D, but I've driven the one underneath that, the two-wheel drive version, and that was one of the most exciting cars I drove last year. It was absolutely extraordinary. But the the two-wheel drive occasionally struggled to put its power down. Yeah. Four-wheel drive one, just, no, forget about it. So there you go. I don't know if you guys have driven um, a 2014 Honda Civic, but it is a pretty nice car. I can yes. safely say I have it. That's a real wild card, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, woo! Just going to throw that in the mix. Yeah. Well, uh, honestly, Amanda, she's not... such a name dropper, isn't she? <laughs> God, honestly, she always has to go it's on the better. New quad turbo Civic special edition. <laughs> I like it. Staying on ridiculously fast cars, Lamborghini has revealed its fastest to date convertible, the Aventador LP 750-4 Super Veloce Roadster. It is the most protracted name I have ever heard. In actual fact, hang on. Hang on, let's do this. I'm going to do it. Right, wait. I'm going to time how long it takes to say its name, all right? And I'm doing this for a reason, right? Bear with me one second. This is very boring radio. I get a stopwatch. <laughs> okay, right. Here we go. And Lamborghini Aventador LP750-4 Super Veloce Roadster. That was five seconds exactly. Okay. And that's... So you could have accelerated from zero to 250 k's an hour in that time. In no, that that's, no, actually like 100... Oh, no, more at 150. Right. 150 kilometers an hour, you can do quicker than you, you can actually say its name. Huh. That is fantastic, Well, by it the is way. super veloce. Super veloce in Italian means very fast. Super just, fast. I like it when Amanda does foreign words. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you can buy one in Australia if you're quick. There's not going to be many coming here. It has 552 kilowatts. That, Amanda, is 750 horsepower. Thank you. Uh, and uh, you will be able to buy one for, get this, Nine hundred and sixteen thousand dollars. Oh, pocket change! But for that, you get a car that gets to uh, hundred kilometers an hour, sixty-two miles an hour, in two point nine seconds, and onto a top speed of three hundred and fifty. Want one, guys? Oh, well, there is no finer way to lose your toupee. <laughs> Are you suggesting that the owners of these cars may be in their twilight years, Mike? No. Not at all. Here's a thought, Lambo. Uh, you want to appeal to more people? Yeah. Put a hot girl behind the wheel. That's so, a thought. Are you are you reaching out to another supercar manufacturer to get a press car? I am trying to drive anything that is faster than a Honda because did that you is nearly use an expletive? Then you did, didn't you? I can see the look in your oh, face when you're about so to use the hard. F word. It was so hard. You tame that tongue, young lady. You honestly. know I swear like a sailor. <laughs> yes, she absolutely does. All right, and to wind things up in the international news, we also have heard that Mercedes has revealed its C63 coupe, so the AMG version of its coupe, which we have seen before. It shares the same engine as the sedan and wagon version, and it also shares the same engine as the donk that is in its twin turbo V8 that's in the. AMG. AMG GT, their two-seater, beautiful new sports car. Um, it is out and about, and it looks fantastic, doesn't it? And it's pretty quick. It's zero to 60 miles per hour <laughs> in 3.8 seconds. Well, yeah. Wow. Serious? Yeah. That's mega that quick. That is insanely yeah. quick. And most importantly, it completely wipes the floor with the BMW M4. And it's all about bragging rights here. Totally. So it's four-tenths quicker to 100, and it's got about 70 or 80 more kilowatts of power. So, well, hey. in in that segment, those top three Mercedes, Audi, BMW, they all fight it out. They they would do anything to get you know a tenth of a second quicker than the other zero to one hundred sixty two. <laughs> it's such fierce competition. What do we think of it, guys? I actually I saw this car before I was allowed to. 
Yes, I know. Yeah. Scoop. I was in Germany a couple months ago, and I was lucky enough to be shown around the AMG factory. Oh, you told me about this. And yeah, I know. What I just love that? saying it. Avalterbach. Isn't it a good word to say? Avalterbach. Mike's good at place names, uh, and that's a really nice one to say, mm. isn't it? Yeah, so we were wandering around the AMG factory, and there were all sorts of cars that we were allowed to see, including the six-wheeled G-Wagon, which is mental. Actually, that's got this... Isn't that the Galunda wagon? Oh my God, she's there she goes. She's cracking there the ball out for me today. Thanks, uh, Dad. And <laughs> when, yeah, and the technicians were moving a car and they accidentally, obviously didn't realise there was a group of journalists wandering around the show, the workshops, and they took the cover off a white C63 coupe and there it was. And we all sort of looked at each other and said, uh, we're probably not supposed to be looking at that. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. And then they've covered it back up and start playing with the wheel or something. We're like, yeah, we meant to do that, really. So I don't know whether it was a little mm. tease for us. But yes, we got a we got a uh, little glimpse at the season. I think it's a fantastic thing. I think it looks a little subdued. Oh, come on. The charm Mike. of the last one, especially the edition 507, yeah. which was the final version, the charm of that was it was a hot rod. And it had the naturally aspirated big fire-breathing V8 and all the crazy Larry Batman body kit. I get they can't do the Atmo engine anymore because of emissions, but they've kind of toned down the looks. It looks a little bit subdued. I think the M4 is meaner. I think the RS5 is meaner. Technically amazing, beautiful lines. It's just lacking a bit of mongrel to it. I mean, I have to see it in, in the flesh to really know, but so much about that car is about, you know, the, the oral, the sound of it. Yeah. And it sounds great, but also the look. And people who buy it want to stand out from the crowd. So maybe. You think it needs maybe. a bit more mongrel in it, do you? Yeah. Or maybe it's a sleeper. Yeah. But yeah, that's, you know? that's you not what it? the C63 is about, though. It's supposed to be a bit brash yeah. and leery, isn't it? Well, maybe they will do something like... Did you mention the black a moment ago? Yeah, or there's the 507 and there was the black. Yeah. They kept rolling out these special ones. So the black maybe. was mental. They've done it with the SLS. Haven't they did an SLS black edition? They've mm. done it with a few cars. If they applied... So for those who've never experienced or witnessed a, a black edition Mercedes, they just go that extra level of mongrel. They add fins and vents and carbon fibre bits and and it and it just gives it that edge and if I think if they gave the, the treatment to the new 663 Coupe then that would do exactly what you're after anyone who says the Germans don't have a sense of humour has not seen a black edition Mercedes yeah because they're hilarious they are wonderful oh they did an SL as well which was absolutely mental so Mercedes if you're listening please listen we're someone listen. This, this is just, this is just <laughs> let's just put our hats out and get some keys sewn in the hat we, uh, anyone give us a car we're on. always we're always doing our bit we're always doing our bit to change the automotive industry um, and, and just quickly before we uh, go to another break we the S, staying with Mercedes the S-Class convertible is now out as well so the S-Class coupe which is that wonderful AMG powered very very beautiful big coupe has now been revealed with a is it a soft top or is it a folding hard top Mercedes love their folding hard top don't they mm, this is a soft top it is good because mm. I love the look of a soft top. Really, I like the look of the of a folding hard top. Really, oh well, variety yeah, because is the spice it lets of life, you look. It like yeah, you have a regular car and then you take the top off and you're like, wow, that's great. It is pretty clever. And I just you don't, don't you want have to have issues with rain. <laughs> not in well, not in Texas. You don't. Well, actually, no. It flooded so much in Texas. Like, people couldn't get out of their houses. They couldn't get in their cars. That's dreadful. Yeah, it was awful. Hold that thought, man. We're gonna have to go for a break. <laughs> You are listening to Joy 94.9. This is Fender Bender, and that was Amanda laughing at something. <laughs> Sorry, Lens. I didn't realize that you were a man, and you seem lovely. Thank we you for are, writing your message. You're all very welcome. In the break, we had some more messages, I believe, didn't we, Mike? We did. Do you want to... Well, I can read... Uh, you can read it. I can read it. We've got a couple, so actually. Much, so much competition over who reads the messages. You read them, Dan. Okay, all right. I, uh, this one is from uh, Jebediah, who says, Hi, Dan and team. Always interested to hear your opinions. Jebediah, I, I met him, actually, at the uh, McLaren 675LT unveiling that we were at, Mike. Oh, really? Yes. Huh. 
You awesome. probably did as well. I would have. There you go. See, we've got our loyal Joy listeners all over the place. Thanks for listening, Jeb. And what was the other message? That was the one. What was that? That well, one. Well, Jeb, I'd love to meet you sometime. Okay. Just hook it up. Anyway, next. <laughs> More supercar requests. In the break, you heard a track called Anywhere by Elizabeth Rose and uh, Frames. That's a little personal favourite of mine I'm listening to at the moment. <laughs> it's not Aqua. What? What's going on? <gasps> Wait. Okay, here it comes. <laughs> You asked for it, Mike. You just got that ready to go at all times. That's right. You see what you do? You see what you do? Don't threaten me. You were dancing subconsciously then as well in your chair. You couldn't hold it back. Isn't it sad that I've always... pent up frustration. Like, I can't move. I've got a little bit of lollipop whenever I need it. Go on, Amanda. What's up? I threw a dinner party at Dan's house this Sunday. And guess who pulled out the aqua shirt before I left? About two liters of wine in. <laughs> I do not remember. I you put on, well, he put on, let's see, um, a 70s, 1970s, <laughs> like really horrible orange and brown, like flower pattern shirt with a mink vest and a mullet, which was incredible. That's like, that's like half of Dan's wardrobe, though. Oh, it was incredible. Right? He has so many wigs and vests. It's incredible. And then, <laughs> that is and the last time you're ever coming to my house. Goes, oh, baloney. I left you with so much food. And then comes out in an aqua shirt so tight, you see the nips right through it. And you're like, wow. Wow, Dan. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry about this. This is supposed to be a car show, and it's just turning into some kind of lurid <laughs> insight into my stupid no, life. I think we Thanks should keep about- going on this road. I think this is more entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> If you think you would, ra- right, if you're listening and you'd rather hear about my nipples, then do let me know, 0427JOY949, or you can email on air at joy.org.au. Until then, we're going to carry on talking about cars. Amanda, now, you are American, unless anyone had missed that, uh, which means what? you are born with a love of huge V8s, rear drive, uh, and automatics. Yes. Which means you will not like a European hatchback, because they're small, efficient, front engine, front and small engine, rather, uh, and front wheel drive. I just don't, I never really liked hatchbacks. I think that they kind of, what did I describe it as? I told you something you like did. that in a car. It was so what funny. Did, oh, what did you describe? It was something like, um, it's like seeing a, a large woman with a big ass that's not a nice ass. It's just kind of like, ooh. And you know, you're like, oh, is, I wouldn't climb inside and drive that. That is a very unkind thing to say <laughs> about any car. But you're just, you're being very general about hatchbacks. You don't like them, do you? I'm not a, a hatchback person. There's just something about the look of them. It like, it's. It almost reminds me of the uh, the new Porsche Panamera. The oh, front, yes. you're like, yes. The back, no. It's really no. the mullet of cars, the Porsche Panamera. Thank you. It's business at the front, it's party at the back. Yeah, but Are the party you... is not a party you want to go to. That's true. It's like can a we... weird party with fat people and an orgy. Can like, we stop talking about mullets, please? It's reminding me too much of that evening. You don't even remember that. So. I do. Of course I do. You know, when you put on a sh- when I when Dan- when this girl puts on a show, trust me, everyone remembers. <laughs> anyway, so I did something. We wanted to try and we wanted to try and affect this. Ch- we wanted to make you love hatchbacks. So yes. we decided we we're going to get together what I thought was a really good example of a European hatchback, and uh, and let you drive it and get you to perhaps see the error of your ways. That not everything needs forty thousand horsepower and a V eight. Incorrect. But okay. So it was the Audi A one one point eight TFSI. Yes, I think I said that quickly enough to make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Um, And it was the first time I've driven a car on what I call the wrong side of the road and the wrong side of the car, which was totally mind blowing for me because first of all, I climbed in the passenger seat and the (laughs) steering wheel. I was like, what is happening? Classic mistake. And then couldn't figure out how to get the key into the, I was like, is this a push start? Is it not? Is it, do we, do I need the key? And it just turns on, you know, we had a whole little, good minute and a half me trying to just figure out how to turn the car on yes but then after that um 
we drove it around and it was uh it was really fun to drive it was a it's a good car to drive. It's all right, isn't it? It's yeah. not. It's it defies. It's it's obviously tiny. Yeah. And you think you know a little car like that's going to be a bit weak, but it's actually got some a bit, bit of punch, isn't it? It's got some get up and go, and it's tiny on the outside. But when you get in, it's I think it's a four seater, so you comfort comfortably fit four people in there. I'm both Dan and I are like what at least fifty percent. 60% legs. Yes, so we there's are. there's just absolutely. a lot of leg to fit in there and it's all very comfortable. Yes. Which I, I liked. I appreciated the fact that they had enough uh, leg room in there and it's it's pretty quick. There's too many buttons and knobs and stuff that I don't know okay. how to do. But it's really quick. It's very comfortable. It's got that new car smell that you, I love. No, you, you, that is a good thing. You never really get tired of that. And so, okay, so the actual criticism, there's what, just too much going on? Like it's a bit, bit cluttered or a bit confusing or what? It can be... If, if, feel like it's a little bit cluttered you have to take at least 10 minutes when you first get in the car to orient yourself with all the buttons and it's it, uh, to be honest it would probably take me a little bit longer because i'm a person who has an iphone so technology is beyond me you know i see a samsung or anything with too many buttons i'm like whoa i have one button and it does everything why is there so many you know so that gives me a little bit of anxiety but other than that um i like the what was the feature that you were telling me um it has the fuel saving feature so it turns oh, the engine yeah Idle stop. Yeah, idle stop. So you pull up in traffic, foot on the brake, and it'll turn the engine off, which takes a long time to get used to. I, every time yeah. it happened for like the first few months I was in this job, I just thought something had gone wrong. Well, I drove a, a manual car for the past year and change, and I that kept is thinking why, that I was stalling out. <laughs> that's why I'm you're allowed on the show is because you drive, I drive manual. manual. Yeah. I love driving. That's I miss a, driving stick. Aww. People do still give you funny looks when you're <clears throat> driving a car with idle stop too. Yeah. Right? They think that you've stole the car all the time. You're at lights, your car switches off, someone is walking in front of the car, always has to give you a sly comment or look at you like derisively. Yeah. Oh, you stole it. No, I didn't stole it, I swear. The car turns itself off. Yeah, it- you should just yell at them, I'm green, and they'll That's probably right. be a little bit confused. Well, when it's electric cars everywhere, <laughs> you, won't, you, you won't make any noise at all, ever, at start, standstill, will they? Yeah, but wouldn't that be sad? Yeah, it will. That's a, that is a subject we talk about at length. Ad nauseum. Mean, they still need. I just. They should just put like a little CD that plays music. Oh, CD. Well. Wow. Well, hang here. on. Did you just become the oldest person in the room? <laughs> showing my age here. <laughs> wow. Yes, I was alive when CDs were around. You actually. You said something very funny when you first got in the car. You said the most American thing you've ever said. I can't deal with this car. They're no freaking cup holders. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Actually, there are cup holders. But she brought a vessel so large it resembled a North Sea oil tanker. It was in a true, shaker bottle. In true American style. And that wouldn't fit in the cup holders. You just you, Sometimes, Amanda, you're just such a stereotype. <laughs> well, you know what? Americans want enough room to put their giant big gulps from 7-Eleven. <laughs> and if I can't fit it in the car, then it is too small of a car. There you go, 7-Eleven. <laughs> a little bit of free advertising from Amanda for you. She's definitely not on the books i promise and uh, now let's talk about the free, let, free slurpees let's talk about the <laughs> price now it's about it's about 35 grand yeah what do you reckon bit steep um it's still an audi and in my opinion audis are always a little bit higher priced uh and i think with all the different kind of features i think they charged you an extra grand to change the roof color which i i'm like serious yeah i was looking wow. at the little out the pamphlet like yeah, handout yeah. thing that you gave me that has all the details and i'm pretty sure they charge you a grand or two just to have a different like the two-toned wow paint job which confuses me yeah. but i, <laughs> I actually reviewed this car a while back 
for for my publication and I remember reading through the options and it was about 42, 43 grand once it was optioned up. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem this car has, like a lot of Audis do, is that you can get a Volkswagen Polo GTI, which is mechanically the same, the same engine, the same chassis, all the same stuff, a more advanced cabin with more features, so Apple CarPlay, new infotainment systems and build quality of parallel. And the only thing the Audi has is a badge and yet it's 50% more expensive. And that's the old Audi problem because 40k for an Audi seems good until you realise what you can get for 30. Unless you really need those four rings on the front of your car, you wouldn't buy it. There you go. So, Amanda, have we... This is the, the $64,000 question. Have we changed your mind? Do you feel differently about hatchbacks now? I've driven one. I like one. We should get more hatchbacks. So that I can <laughs> I'm going to keep going with it. I'm going to see how many cars I can get out of this. My guess? Zero. <laughs> how did I know it was going to come around to yet another begging speech from Please. Amanda? Well, it's not begging. It's more just like kindly, yes. sneakily yes. Polite requests. Anyone out there listening who wants to lend Amanda a car, she's our newest reviewer. Um, if you would like to get in touch, please do 0427-JOY-949. It's the text, or you can email on air at joy.org.au. I promise to read out only the most interesting messages. No, I will, I'll give you airplay if anyone gets in touch with us, uh, like some of our listeners already have. Uh, stick around, because we will be back for so much more. We've got so much, I can't fit it all in. We're going to be back just after this break. <laughs> You are on Joy 94.9. We have only a short amount of time left and so many things to cover. And so we just had to pick one out of a hat. And uh, what's it going to be, Amanda? Um, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with... Oh, God, I was going to review the Audi, the Chrysler 300 because I like it. But I was really annoyed that you went to the Audi Sport lunch without me and drove all those beautiful cars that ah, I could not. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, all right. Let's totally do this. Now, Mike, you spoke about this on the show, I think, a little bit last yeah, week. Yeah, uh, so we went to an event at Phillip Island relatively recently where Audi launched a brand called Audi Sport, which is like its sub-brand, its AMG equivalent. But there was a couple of cool little things that we got to do that reminded me, and probably you, Dan, of the ridiculous, uh, amazing things that we get to do sometimes because we got to share a bit of time with a legend of racing by the name of Emanuele Pito. I don't know if you want to talk about this guy's CV a little bit. Oh, my God. Like, so anyone who watched the Formula One in the 90s will know Emanuele. He is he was a driver for Benetton, I think. Um, and he then went on to, after his career in Formula One, he went on to uh, participate in a race called Le Mans 24 Hours. You might have heard of it. Um, and, and he only bloody won it five times. Five Times winner of Le Mans. The, no, it doesn't one seem the, very hard then. N- <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you're thinking about this, man. It's very hard. Uh, he is an ambassador and uh, still a driver for Audi and Audi Sport. He represented this brand. So, as Mike probably said last week on the show, we, we uh, spent a day driving fabulous cars around uh, Phillip Island, one of the finest circuits in Australia. And at the end of the day, our treat was uh, Emmanuel Piro rolled out his uh, R8 LMS, which is a full full race car two seats full roll cage five litre v10 in the back uh, and no room for any comforts at all and our final treat for the day was we were given a couple of hot laps with him at the wheel you know what i i i very kindly tried to teach him how to drive the track (laughs) i told him what lines to take i told him his brake points and he was so rude he didn't take any of my advice no um there's nothing more amazing than driving with a professional driver like that because it really disassociates you of the notion that you're any good because you've been driving 
driving all day. You think you're okay, yeah. and then you drive with a person who drives professionally. And it was Emanuele's first time driving Phillip Island in his life. He'd done a handful of sighting laps, and then he proceeded to go around it in a time that just boggled my mind at a pace that I thought was in, you know, it was inconceivable that I could ever do that. And it, it's a real eye opener whenever you get a chance to do that sort of thing. Absolutely spectacular, Mike. You put it you put it so eloquently. You know, you, you think you're good, and then you have a lap with a proper professional dra- racing driver, and it does go to show the void of difference and also the other the other thing i mean obviously that's the ability side of it of someone's skills but also you know you think an r8 is a quick car until you get in a racing version of it and this car has like full aerodynamics that generates huge amounts of downforce at speed phillip island is a really quick circuit and uh, to put it into perspective that car uh is four seconds a lap faster than a v8 supercar Four seconds. That's like an age in racing. That gives you some idea of just how spectacularly quick that car is. And so you have a combination of a really handy bit of kit and a very, very handy man. And that was one of the most spectacular things I've ever done. I was deeply terrified. I have to be honest. I was trying to play it all cool, like you know, and take a few selfies and that. But by the right, this is my this is my favourite bit. I was lucky enough to be the first out, and so. Uh, we go out, I'm all strapped in, we're in full flame suits, hands, devices, helmets, the whole works, uh, and I'm cruising out, and I'm thinking, okay, I've got my phone in my hand, I'm taking a few shots, you know, I'm thinking, I'm doing okay. We get about half around the circuit, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is all right, this is all right, I can cope with this. Get- anyway, got around, got around the garden straight, the finish straight. He was warming the tyres up. Uh-huh. He was taking it easy on his first lap, and I was I was close to death, but holding it together. <laughs> then he started trying, and those two laps were... Frankly, life-changing. But the amazing thing about a race driver, and especially a Le Mans driver who drives for, you know, hours and hours and hours on end, is the consistency. I mean, a good amateur can string together a lap that isn't a mile off Emmanuel A. I'm not saying he would ever win, but you can string together the odd freak lap where you just nail every break point, every apex. You do a brilliant job of it. But in the next lap, you have a minor brain fade and suddenly it's all over. But he's like a robot. It's just again and again and again and again within a tenth Every single lap. And that's what really differentiates a race driver, is the consistency. And the, the mental strength that it takes to be able to do that is just mind-boggling. Absolutely. They're machines, aren't they? They're like the, the things they're driving. They're every bit a part of that machine. Mm. Absolutely incredible. While we were there, we were also given another little sneak preview of a car that hasn't officially arrived in Australia, but that's the new Audi R8. So we've had the first generation for 10 years now. It's been around a long time. Maybe even longer, actually. But uh, they've now wheeled out. They've brought in, especially for the Audi Sport launch, the only new shape. R8 in the country, and it was there for us to uh, to look at. What, know, what I love about this car is the fact that unlike every other brand, Audi has stuck with a naturally aspirated V10 engine. How much longer can they keep doing that, though? Well, probably only one more generation. But you know, in Europe, y- y- they measure your company-wide CO2 output, and because Audi has so many small cars like the A1 that Amanda just spoke about, uh, the R8 kind of sneaks through the cracks and it's okay but every car is a turbo with a small capacity engine now and this just has a naturally aspirated v10 it's based which shares this platform with the lamborghini Huracan. i have a question though why is it that you feel more affection towards the naturally aspirated cars that is a great question throttle response linear instantaneous throttle response a turbo has to spool no matter how good the turbo uh, or a bi-turbo uh whereas an atmo engine instantaneous linear response and there's a certain note 
that it puts out as well. There's a kind of ruggedness to an Atmo engine that just has charm that a turbo really rarely matches. That for me, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I'm different to Mike. I like a bit of turbo lag. I like, if I'm driving a, a turbocharged car, I like a bit of lag. It's kind of, makes you work for it, you know? I like that yeah. you get no power and then it sort of drops it all on your lap. I don't, I like that. But for me, it's the noise. The noise of a normally aspirated engine is, you, you know, Mercedes have done some wonderful things, but Maserati have done great things with turbocharged engines and they're showing that you can maintain a good exhaust note, but really there's no substitute for it. And the other reason I love normally aspirated engines is they rev. You, all your power t- tends to be at the top end. Obviously, there's differences and exceptions, but yeah, generally speaking, you've got to work with a normally aspirated engine and it's all revs. I have a question. So aren't they... I like all these questions we're getting from a man. This is great. <laughs> I have a question, yeah. Um, so I, I don't know which ones, but I'm, I'm noticing that some car companies are starting to do the um, combination electric and um, fuel um, engines because they help get rid of that lag while still provide so they provide all of the torque instantaneously at the wheel as soon as you take off but they still have the kind of same feel from the fuel fed engine how do you guys feel about that i think it's a great idea i mean mclaren did it with their p1 you know yeah. they, they've got a turbocharged v8 in that car and they said well if there's any danger that's not enough power or a little bit of lag we're going to back it up with one of the most advanced hybrid systems in the world so i think it's look as a traditionalist to me, it sort of seems I'm still a bit awkward, like I was about the idle stop for a long time. Mm-hmm. But now I'm seeing, you know, what, you know, like Ferrari with its LaFerrari, another performance-focused hybrid rather than fuel efficiency-focused. And I'm slowly coming around to it. I, it I've initially, I dug my heels in, my six-inch heels, I might add, <laughs> that I'm wearing today. Uh, uh, but now I'm slow. What was that? That's my uh, oh, I like growl. That. that was fantastic. <laughs> what about you, Mike? How do you feel about? Oh uh, well, I mean, Formula One is a classic example. Oh, okay, Formula One's a bit crap at the moment. Uh, <laughs> it really is. It's terrible. And even Bernie would admit that. But the one cool thing about it is that it's running plug or not plug-in, but it's running hybridized technology, and it's the way of the future. And it's a trickle down thing. And if F1 can do it, you bet your bottom dollar that road cars will be doing it more. Definitely and more a trickle down by. thing. Mm. I noticed uh, paddle shifters. I remember when they first came yeah. out. Yeah. My dad was talking to me about them and I thought they were incredible because the idea was that I shaved like point fourteenth of a second <laughs> off each lap. But then and the marketers get hold of it and now it's on like some big porky SUV that has yeah. no performance pretensions whatsoever. Yeah, Peugeot so 2008 I drove the other day. Yeah. Just pad- paddle shift. Paddle shift. Maybe, on, maybe the trickle down effect isn't so great, but <laughs> I think it's an interesting concept because I, I thought it was an incredible idea when they first came out when the paddle shifters first came out in i think it was was it formula one or nascar yeah no, yeah it would in- invariably be one of those yeah yeah and i thought that was an interesting thing and now i think they're doing the same thing with the combination engines that are performance driven which i really like the idea of being green great being fast more fun one of the other cars that we saw there, Mike, um, was the RS3, Audi RS3, mm. which has now been confirmed for Australia. I don't know whether you... Did you touch on this last week? Sorry, I should really listen to my own yeah. show, shouldn't I? <laughs> uh, this thing is bonkers. It's What's it going to cost? About 80k. Yeah. Uh, a 260 kilowatt five-cylinder engine in a little tiny hatchback. So it's a slightly bigger take on the A1 that we talked about earlier. Uh, and it's a monster. <laughs> It's an absolute monster, quattro, the whole works. It's like a rally car for the road. It's the rival for the A45 AMG, which, of course, in typical German style, where they have to just one-up each other, is getting a power bump soon to yep. overtake the RS3 again. Give it I up, I love guys. it. Bring it on. BMW's clearly given up even trying at this point. <laughs> um, 
but uh, look, it's such a cool thing, and it trades on Audi's legacy of Quattro, of Rally, and it's got a five-cylinder engine, and that's so cool. It's that is the point of difference, I think. Off-kilter and unusual, and, and, and a, an engine with an, an uneven amount of cylinders will always have a slight imbalance to it, and it has a unique note, and it has a, a bunch of cool things about it that other engines can't touch. So, hey, bring it on. That is the point of difference for the RS3, and that is why it would get my vote, is because Mercedes have got what they claim is the most powerful series-produced... Sorry, let me do this in my head. Series-produced four-cylinder or two-litre? Uh, four-cylinder, yeah. Four-cylinder um, with a million kilowatts. Now, there's only there's only so much power you can get out of out of a, a two-litre, 2,000 cc's. Audi have got the up on it because theirs is 2.5 litres. So, yes, they're in this sort of horsepower war. That was for you, Amanda. Um, <laughs> but eventually, Audi's going to win because they've got a bigger engine and an extra cylinder on the end of it. And, of course, when an engine is that highly strung and you're squeezing every ounce of power out of a two-litre, I mean, you have to start to call into question longevity and reliability. I don't know. I'm sure they're reliable, but you do have that thought in the back of your mind. If, yeah. if, if, if an engine's that small and it's that highly strung and you have to wring its neck to get anywhere... Known in the industry as a grenade. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now then, there's one more thing we have to talk about before we go. And that is actually going, I'm afraid. We have run out of time, guys. But thank you so much for being here. Mike, you're an old favourite of Fender Bender. We will see you back again very soon, hopefully. Rock and roll. Amanda. Thank you so much. I love being like, here. Oh my god! Oh no. no, it's been fabulous <laughs> to have our American correspondent back again. We didn't think we were going to get quite as much mileage out of you. I did it again. Did you see? I did it again. It's doing so great. It's been wonderful having you with us. Uh, we do hope you manage to come back in again as soon as is possible. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again. Tim will be back next week. Uh, we've got another wonderful episode of Technogates coming up with uh, Michael, Mark, and Rena. Uh, and until then, all it leaves me to say is thank you so much for listening. My name has been Daniel Gardner and it will carry on being Daniel Gardner even after I turn off this microphone. You've been listening to Fender Bender on Joy 94.9. This has been a Fender Bender podcast for Joy 94.9, Australia's first and only gay and lesbian radio station. See joy.org.au for more details. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.